Hope Talk, a PCM podcast. We are joined today by one of our longtime friends who actually was uh, part of the staff here at J103 doing our midday show for a while. Uh, her name is Katie Smith, and Katie, you worked for like seven years at a nonprofit. You guys were specifically focused on uh, reaching out to your neighbors, and that's kind of what we want to talk about. Uh, first of all, I mean, we look in the Bible and we see the definition of what a neighbor is, but in the climate that we're in today, uh, it is really important to be able to show love to our neighbor. So why don't you tell us, start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and, and about uh, the way that you've been able to love on your neighbors for the past seven years. Oh, well, it's such an honor, first of all, Jared, to be here with you and with Brad. I just, I love you guys and you've put me in my sweet spot to, to get to talk about something that I love so much, which is sharing uh, the love of Jesus with people who um, maybe, you know, will never encounter going to a church. And so, um, this is really a sweet spot for me. Um, my husband and I, before we got married, we really wanted to, you know, be missionaries and that kind of a thing. And it just didn't work out. We had kids and we had, you know, lots of educational goals. We both wanted to have PhDs and stuff. Um, but, um, but the kids came. And so it was like, Oh, I always wanted to be a mom. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to go that track. So we did that for a while. And then in our 12th year of marriage, we were like, dude, we're just flat out being disobedient. We had read uh, David Platt's Radical. We had read um, Francis Chan's Crazy Love and Forgotten God. And, and so we were like, wait a minute, something's happened here we're not, we just, we're not living the abundant life. Like what, what? And so, um, about that same time, my husband didn't tell me, but he was having dreams of how to reach out to people who are different from him. And, um, he said, you know, I think it's just time to pull the trigger. Like it, it's amazing. Like God always does this, right? Like there's all these little things. Anyway, we'll get into that. I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I'm a homeschooling mom, um, you know, did some stuff with J103, which I absolutely loved. It was a dream come true. Went to Belmont University in Nashville, married a guy from East Tennessee. Uh, we've been married for 20 years now. He's an, a teacher, educator, curriculum writer, guru of sorts. And we couldn't be more different, which is a lot of fun. Um, obviously, I'm outgoing. He's very quiet. <laughs> and then we have these two wonderful kids, and they're not really kids anymore. They're 18 and 16. And so we took them on this journey with us to um, figure out what some of these other promises in the Bible were were really about, and what did it look like to have those fulfilled? And then how did we do that as a homeschooling family? It was it was a lot of fun. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty much like. You know, we were having this discussion about, you know, what to do for this podcast and loving our neighbors, you know, was, uh, you know, kind of the topic we wanted to focus on. And you were pretty much a professional love your neighbor um, person uh, for for a good while there. And uh, did you find it like because I I know we get caught up in, you know, people that have 13 items in the 12 items or less, you know, grocery line or people that cut us off or people that post things on social media we don't agree with and it's so easy to get caught up with what everyone else does wrong and so did you find it easy um, or, or what helped you find it easy to love your neighbors being a professional love your neighbor person yeah so I, I think there's something about like when you walk with Jesus and you read his words and you're like I want this to be true like if you've ever gone through a faith crisis just kind of being like is this true or not? And if it's, if it's true, then let's believe it wholeheartedly. And if it's not, then, then let's do something. Might as well, you know, go to Jamaica. So, um, you know, for fun. Right. Um, 
So we wanted it to be true and it was hard. I will, I will say that, but, um, but it's kind of like once you make a decision about something, it becomes a lot easier, right? Like if you've ever done a diet and you're like, okay, I'm going to eat sugar on Saturday, but not on Monday through Friday. Like that's all for me, that, that's harder than just being wholehearted about it. So um, yes, it was very hard. Um, there were definitely moments that I'm not proud of. And <laughs> maybe we'll share some of those. Right. Um, the beauty of it is that you're not, you don't have to do this perfectly. Like loving your neighbor is not about being perfect. It's, you know, I've heard this, um, this thing it's showing, um, you know, if you think of an analogy, okay. So like, what if I think of myself as a beggar before God, like he calls me his child, but this analogy, just go with me for a second. So if I'm a beggar and God has given me a good gift and that gift is his love, his acceptance, his belonging, his identity, and then all I'm doing now when I love my neighbors is saying, hey, this is the loaf of bread that packs all this goodness into it, gives me a place to belong and a place to know who I am. And I just want to offer it to you. Mm. Now I'm just one beggar giving another brother, another beggar bread, right? It's not, right? So it's not like I'm like, oh, hey, I've got the answers. <laughs> or Although I, I'm sure I acted that way at some points. And it's not, you know, it's not I'm nothing. I'm worthless. You know, I'm. It's not that either. It's a, uh, it's just spending time with the good Lord and then letting him fill your cup and then saying, Oh my gosh, now I have something to give somebody else. So I don't know. Does that make any it, sense? It, it does. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think there was a reason that Jesus gave those two commandments and gave them in that order was love God, love others. Um, yeah. because without that first one, um, it's so incredibly hard to love imperfect people, um, and imperfect people that, feel like they do everything possible to make you mad and frustrate you and cause stress in your life. So without that first part of loving God, it seems like the second part may be a little difficult. Yeah, and I mean, especially now, you look at social media and there's the big trend going around, like the cancel culture, and all of a sudden, like if somebody's different than us, we just can't love them. we got to discount them completely. And I know for you guys, you probably encountered a lot of people during this time that were very different from you. I mean, how do you take somebody that's so different that you don't really have much in common with, um, that maybe even believe differently than you, and how do you love people that are different? Yeah, so how do you take someone that's different from you and then love them? I, I think you can't do it honestly unless you've really had that time with God. And so, um, you know, if, if you make a decision like, okay, I'm going to start reaching out to my neighbors, I'm going to reach out to three this week. And I'm just going to ask them how they're doing and if there's anything I could pray for them about. Um, you know, God is so good. He, he, <laughs> spirit and truth, right? So he wants us to, to live in, in his spirit and in his truth. And so he's going to expose our hearts as we go. And this is where, like, you find out the areas of your heart where you're not really obeying or you don't really know the love of God for yourself because you'll find your, like I did, you know, so we had international students live with us and they were probably, well, they were from all different cultures, all different smells, all different. And I'm not saying this to be condescending. I'm saying this because this is the reality. When you run into somebody who's different than you, they're going to smell different. Right. They're going to buy different products. They're going to look different. They're going to talk different. I mean, everything is different, yeah. right? And so it's good to know that there's even if you're not working with somebody from a different culture, they have a different home culture. They have a different origin story than you do, even if they look like you. So if you're rooted in God and his truths 
and you're, you know, you're learning the attributes of God. What is he about? Who is he to me? And starting to take that to heart. And it's not like you have to wait forever to do that, but you know, just by virtue of the fact that he's someone who forgives, you know, okay, so he forgives me. So if somebody's a scoundrel, <laughs> how can I love them? You know, I, um, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm going through stories in my mind, right? Like, what do I share? What do I not? Right. Some of my, I live around neighbors, right? I have neighbors here. I yeah. have, you know, I'm trying to love them well. And, um, I'll toss it back to you guys. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like a lot of it is about being intentional. Uh, first of all, of doing the first thing, like we just talked about, loving God. And it's like only when you're able to be filled up with that, then you're able to be intentional enough to fill up and pour into other people. But it's got to be a choice that, you know, we decide beforehand, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, you're, I think you nailed it. Like, um, just making that decision. Like, once we made that decision that, uh, not only are we going to try to, you know, really love people, but we're, that's going to be our work. Yeah. Make, it's going to be our work. So we're going to find out what somebody else needs. We're going to find out, um, what their likes are. We're going to find out what their parents are like, if they have parents, you know, and, and what was life like at home and what are their holidays like? And, um, it takes a lot of time, I would say. Um, I think, it's so easy to put on a law, a law over yourself. Like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this and have my checklist. And, and that's a great place to start. I wholeheartedly believe in checklists and goals. I, I mean, that's my life's work right now. So, um, you know, that's, that's, I, I love that. Um, but when it comes to loving people, it's going to get messy fast. And I almost feel like, um, if you get into the game and then you get burned out on it pretty quick, because we all will, um, it can be really hard to jump back into the game. And I think now at this point in our history is like, this is the time for the church to rally. This is the time for Christians everywhere to say, oh my goodness, I haven't really, you know, been intentional about my faith. And now, now I really need to be intentional about my faith, right? Like right. if it's true that we have the hope of glory, the hope of glory, like you could just sit with that phrase for a while and say, what does that mean? You know, but if that's true, um, and if you're not feeling that way, cause my guess is most people aren't feeling hope of glory right now. <laughs> it's a little difficult. Um, yeah. A little difficult. Yeah. Little so what do you do when you don't feel hope of glory? I'll, I'll tell you, I was sharing with Jared, like yesterday was like the Lord just stopped me in my tracks. He's like, I'm going to let you feel weak, really weak and no energy. Like the whole day, the day before I'd been pouring into conversations and had, you know, things going on with work. And I was just a hundred percent depleted. And I was like, gosh, you know, I've always kind of resented this part of me that, that it seems like, even though I'm very much an extrovert right now, if I don't balance that with time alone with the Lord, my cup will be empty. And so, you know, as you go through life, you, it's a constant refilling with God constantly. I know we've already said that, uh -huh. but it's really important. So, yeah, it's foundational. Um, you mentioned being intentional with, you know, loving our neighbors, you know, talking to them. Is there anything they need, anything uh, maybe we can pray about? Um, you know, when, do, not necessarily when, but how do you make the transition from, uh, loving your neighbors, being friends with them, being a part of a community to showing them, you know, Jesus is the way. Because I feel like particularly uh, in, in the southern United States, um, you know, everybody 
you either have the uh, the opinion that everyone knows about Jesus, or you have the the opinion that I can be friendly enough to this person, and eventually they're going to ask me why I'm so friendly. And I feel like now more than ever, like you were talking about, we need to be more intentional with uh, laying out our faith and the reason why we are loving people. So when do you find that you either make that transition? Is it a part of it from the start or, you know, is it something that you, you don't scare people with up front? Like how have you found that works for you when loving your neighbor? Yeah. So I can talk about, uh, what that looks like right now. So, um, I live on this amazing street. The people who uh, live on this street, um, one of the families actually arranged for us to move here from San Diego. And so, um, you know, we already had that connection. And then when COVID happened, all the kids were outside and, um, there's a couple of families are related to each other and I don't have a, a fence around my yard. And so, um, and I have this beautiful backyard. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous, a huge space. And so in my California mind anyway, <laughs> right. and so I'm like, I want to do something really cool. My kids won't be interested in growing a garden with me. They're 16 and 18, but I'm dying to grow sunflower houses. And so I invited the kids to do that with me. And, you know, it's, you know, it's one step forward, two step back with loving people, right? Because you don't know what somebody else is comfortable with or not. Um, so for example, like, um, I, what I should have done early on, but I didn't have this grand scheme of what my yard was going to turn into. It's now like this beautiful thing. There's sunflowers everywhere and it's intentional. We're doing all kinds of cool stuff back there. So time together is really important, but, um, but time together alone, like you were saying, it's not going to get you to a conversation about Jesus. So if you're dealing with kids, like, first of all, I don't recommend anybody have kids come into their house or go into theirs without the parents present. Um, and then, you know, even just having that conversation with the parents, are you okay with me talking to your kids about my faith? Mm -hmm. Like that, that act of respect will speak volumes to your neighbors. So like, I've, I've learned this the hard way. Like you want them to feel honored. You want them to feel loved. And then when they give you that permission, like I, I've gotten permission from one of the families and I'm like, okay, so, um, one time one of the girls did something and I didn't like it. And I, I kind of scolded her. I pulled her aside, but I, I said, Hey, I didn't like that. You did X, Y, and Z. And, and if you're going to do that in my yard, you got to go home. And so, um, her mom had already given me permission to do that. And then later I came back to her and I was like, you know, I make, I make that same mistake and I need the love of Jesus just like anybody else does. And I just want you to know, I don't hold that against you. And so then it becomes like you're breathing in and out. Like I, I'm a sinner. I need grace. I make mistakes. And so it becomes part of your language of relating. And, you know, there's this group of ladies at a church in Sweetwater, and I feel like they are so good at doing this where um, they just talk and they just talk about their faith and it just comes out. And I'm not sure if they're like super intentional about that or not, but it's who they are. And so, yeah, really getting to know the people around you and not making assumptions about them. Um, I have a little list because I did hit a breaking point in ministry where it actually wasn't, I said ministry. Um, <laughs> I did hit a breaking point um, in this whole loving your neighbors thing where I had to hit reset. And it actually wasn't because of the people I was trying to love that were so different from me. It was because of a relationship with a family member. This family member had come to live with me and I was like, 
this is not going well. And it went from not going well to this is really a difficult situation. And the Lord used it to help me learn how to love in a whole new way. I know you guys are looking at each other. I want to give you no. a, a word in here edgewise. Yeah, you're so good. Let, let, are you sure? Let, yeah, let, absolutely. Okay. All right. So there's this wonderful little list. Um, hold on. I call it my I am responsible for. And this has saved me because um, when you love people, you really want to love people, you want to do it well, you can max yourself out. And I remember um, one of our friends saw us doing that, the maxing out. Yeah. And they said, um, you know, well, when, when do you decide that enough is enough? And we're like, well, Jesus always wants us to do more. You yeah. know, there's always more <laughs> to do. And we were really in that cycle. And um, our friend said, well, let, let me put it to you this way. If um, if you made cookies for one neighbor, would that be enough? It's like, well, no, I mean, we want to reach all the neighbors. And it's like, really? So you're going to spend all your time cooking? Well, sh sure, we've got to reach them all. And this was an analogy for, you know, giving yourself away and your time right. away. And we're like, we've got to do it all. And they're like, at what point is enough enough? Like, at what point, like, if, if we're caught up in this idea that we're still working to please Jesus, we will exhaust ourselves and he'll let us do it because he doesn't want anything to get in between us receiving his love. And sometimes as good Christian folk, we can get very busy doing all these things for him instead of just being with him. You know, he already died on the cross. He doesn't need us to do He doesn't need us to do anything. But somehow he chooses and honors us with the privilege of getting to know other people and getting to work into their lives and them, you know, rubbing the rough parts off of us and us rubbing the rough parts off of them. So, I don't... <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to hear this list because um, okay. you're right, because like we only have so much inventory, you know, capacity uh, and God fills that and, you know, it can overflow from that. But we can also use up that inventory and that capacity as well. And then it creates a lot of problems once you use it up and try to keep going. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear like the, this this list of things that you know you found when you reset, um, kind of helped you love your neighbors well. Yeah, this was great. So, um, you know, had a major falling out with a family member while they were living with us, while we're trying to like be these hospitable neighbors, and we were in a refugee neighborhood and. Um, anyway, uh, the Lord just took me down to the studs and he said, you know, Katie, here are the things that I'm really going to ask you for. Um, and this was from Dr. Henry Cloud's nine week class on boundaries. And it says, I am responsible for my thoughts, my feelings, my attitudes, my beliefs, my behaviors, my choices, my values, my limits, my talents, my desires, and who or what I love and trust. And I was like, whoa, nobody else is going to answer to Jesus for this stuff. So when somebody comes to me, whether it's a family, you know, my spouse or my kids or the neighbors, <laughs> which they weren't the ones who were making my life hard. <laughs> I was making my life hard, really. Right. Because I was like, I've got to over deliver. I've got to over deliver. And it was like, I'm, I'm, I'm missing Jesus in this and not loving well. And so this, this helped me really slow down. Yeah. I love it. Uh, so, well, uh, I, I know you mentioned earlier that sometimes this intentional type of ministry and trying to love others can get messy, and that's the truth because we're all humans. 
And so one of my questions was going to be like, okay, is it okay for it to get messy? But I love what you just said with, I mean, with those nine things, we're not always responsible for other people's responses. And we're not always responsible for making sure that when we're loving somebody that they're, um, that they're all of a sudden converting to Jesus or anything like that. Sometimes we just have to do our part and be responsible for those things. Uh, and then after we get ourselves in the right place, we allow God to use that and, God's going to do his part as well. God's going to work on people's hearts and, and God's going to show his love through our love sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, Jared. And, you know, I love I love going to baptisms. I love seeing people profess faith for the first time. I love it when the first time somebody reads the Bible with you and they've never read it with anyone before. Yeah. And you're like, I can't believe I get to see this. I can't believe I get to be a part of this. And then, you know, the next week they're doing something that's completely worldly. And you're like, <laughs> where'd this come was from? That- yeah. Was, was that me? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and then you start to like make your worth about whether or not you think they're growing in Jesus as if you have any control over that. Right. So there are some things you have control over. Like, um, so I'm at, like, I mentioned, I'm, I'm in a neighborhood. I really want to see a Bible study happen. I really want that so badly. Like when I moved here, I was already praying for my neighbors and I was like, Jesus, could you like, let me do a Bible study here. I would just love that. But what I learned is when you move to the South, you gotta tread lightly. Hmm. You know, like <laughs> when you move anywhere, right? Like yeah. you don't wanna be like, hey, I'm large and I'm in charge. I mean, like I have white hair as it is. <laughs> I mean, so I stand out like a sore thumb. And so there's so much to be said for laying that groundwork in prayer. I don't wanna discourage anybody from reaching out to their neighbors. If it's on your heart to bring your neighbors cookies, you better do it yeah. because he's putting that on your heart, right? And, and how do you know if it's God telling you to go talk to somebody or not? He's not going to not tell you to talk to somebody right. unless, unless sometimes he'll give you that Holy Spirit nudge where you're like, mm, not today, not today. <laughs> but then so, at that, it's, it's our job to, to just be listening to him to tell us that. Oh, that that's it. Say that again. Yeah. I said, I don't know, rewind <laughs> because right. I, I said, yeah, then it's our job to be, uh, you know, in line with him so that we can be listening. Yeah. Which goes back to the whole foundation we were talking about, forward loving your neighbors, which is loving God. Um, you know, one thing that I, I struggle with, um, particularly uh, with, with with some neighbors of mine, um, is that I actually like them. You know, like and is that uh, a problem? Well, hey, let me <laughs> let me finish. Like it's like I actually like my neighbors, and um, and uh, actually there's there's a couple of sets of my neighbors that I actually like. And uh, it's interesting because there are opportunities and I have taken opportunities uh, to turn things back to my faith. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, like it's part of selfishness that I don't trust God because I'm saying, you know, I don't want to ruin this. I don't want to mess this up. And so like, I'm afraid that this might happen if, you know, if I mention something about, you know, come to church with me or, uh, you know, if I do this, what are ways, um, obviously, you know, foundational loving God and being in tune with him, but are there ways to work through problems for folks who might be thinking along those lines? You know, they've got coworkers they have to be with or see every single day that don't know Jesus. And, and you know, they don't want to ruin a work relationship. Um, and and I, I, ruin may not be the right word, but they don't want to complicate a work relationship or a neighbor relationship or, or even make it awkward. Yeah. Or, or make it awkward. Like, is it just something we need to get over and accept the awkward or is there some kind of uh, ground where, you know, you can maintain relationships as they need to be maintained and still show the love of Christ to someone? Yeah, I 
I love, I'm so honored that you would ask me this because I, I think you know the answer to this, but you know, um, I, we've all heard it said like, um, until somebody knows that you love them, they really don't care what you have to say. Mm. But once they know that, now you're in a whole different league of relationship. And so, yeah, like um, I think maybe a lot of us grew up with this idea that, you know, beating somebody over the head with the Bible was a bad idea. So we, we kind of swung to the other side of things. You know, mm -hmm. we're not even going to talk about the Bible. We're going to be afraid to talk about God or what God's doing in our lives. But so, so a way to overcome that might be to just say like, Hey, you know, there's something that's so important to me and I don't want to make things weird. Um, but this, I think you already know this is important to me, but if, if I bring this up and it rubs you the wrong way or whatever, can we just pretend I didn't say it? Or let me know. <laughs> so, yeah. Or let me know, like, you know, let me know that I made it awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they'll say, oh, you just made it awkward by asking that. I thought we were <laughs> friends. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Um, because they probably already know and then mm. but but the part where you're like hey do you want to read the bible with me like that might be totally bizarre to them they might go uh no or they might surprise you like so many of our friends did and they're like sure and i'm like oh, you know then i have to contain my enthusiasm because right. like yeah so no I, th I think you hit the nail on the head there as far as like um uh particularly here in the south uh, a lot of us have felt the the repercussions and maybe the effect of being beat over the head with a Bible. And so we have gone a lot of times the opposite opposite direction of, like, well, I'm just going to love them. And eventually I, I hope that they will ask me about my faith. And so uh, I've seen that a lot. I've participated in that before myself personally. And so uh, I think it's something easy for us to fall back into. Now, I know one of the ministries that you do that's so important to you is your ministry as a mom. Uh, and it's so important raising kids. It's a it's a difficult job. It's a rewarding job. How would you know? I, I wouldn't at all. But okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just giving the full respect right. that uh, is is demanded to, from that position. But with all that being said, you and your husband have really made an effort to be intentional to your neighbors. How do you teach your kids to do the same thing as they grow up and you're forming their worldviews and all that? How are you able to uh, help them to love their neighbors well? Yeah, I think there are easier ways we could have done it. Um, we didn't have to, you know, move somewhere else or invite a bunch of people to live with us um, from other countries just so we could, you know, show them that. Um, but we, we, it was part of our philosophy of education, actually, that we really had a heart for people from other countries. Mm. Um, and so that was something that was really important to us. And, and even now we're in a different season where we're not, we're not being intentional in that way. We're really trying to make sure that we've, you know, anything that we've really missed in the last, you know, however many years of being busy, loving our neighbors, anything that we haven't done well, that we're loving our boys really well. So they are like, wow, like as much as you love other people, you love us more than that. And so like, we, we kind of made them as we definitely swung to the other side and, and that's just kind of how we roll sometimes. But when you're making neighbors or cookies for neighbors, you know, I keep saying cookies because, um, my next door neighbor, she does gluten-free cooking, baking, and she's just an amazing steadfast person. Like we have very different personalities. She's also a homeschooling mom. I've never li lived next door. I've never lived anywhere near a homeschooling person. This is <laughs> amazing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, can we be best friends? Trade secrets. Like, She's got her, you know, she's like, oh, we're good. So, uh, 
And I'm like, okay, I'll try to respect that. Um, so, you know, part of that is just personality and, and just recognizing that different personalities are going to respond different ways. It's true for our kids too. So just, you know, I'm just being me, but sometimes me is a little too much. And so I need to back off. Um, and then there's my husband who's like extremely quiet. I'm like, could you do devotionals tonight? And he's like, no. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but you went to seminary. Like, you know, so much more than me. He's like, I'm good. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, well, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you're not. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's, it's hilarious, right? Because it's embarrassing, but that's exactly like kind of where my heart swings. And so as our listeners are listening to this, I hope that they're just like picturing who they are, who their spouse is, who their kids are. You know, um, my boys saw me reading the word every morning. That was, that wasn't because I was trying to show them that that's what they should do. Although I chose my location so that they would see that. Like right. I went to the living room instead of my room. So they would see me doing that. But, um, but I had to do that anyway, because I was desperate. I'm, I'm still desperate for God and, um, that relationship that we have together. And so as moms, you know, it, it's really easy. It's, you know, I'm going to listen to a praise song right now because I'm about to pull my hair out. And if I don't reset my mind, I'm going to lose it. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. you know, pulling a Susanna Wesley where, um, you know, she's this great lady. If you're interested in reading about mothers who influence the world, she raised a bunch of kids very intentionally, had a school out of her house. Her husband was a traveling evangelist and she would often have to take herself off for a me moment. She would sit in a chair in her dining room and throw her apron over her head and pray. And the kids all knew neighborhood kids and her own. Cause you know, you've got neighborhood kids that run into your house. Cause that's just what happens. Right. So she would have the neighborhood kids there and she would have to take a break and she'd be like, I need a minute. And I got to make sure nobody burns anything. So I'm just going to sit in the kitchen and throw something over my head. The kids are going to know I'm praying. And, you know, you communicate that. But so much like, God, just, I, Jared, I felt so edified by what you said about moms. I was like, oh, I feel so seen and understood and heard. And if that's how it hit me, I, I'm like, wow, how blessed are we to get to listen to these guys who honor the women in their lives, who honor God who have personal relationships with God, like that's so amazing. And then um, that we get to listen to that on the radio and or on a podcast. And then we get to like have better perspective with our own families and just accept people where they are, accept that that's how God sees us right where we're at. And whatever your personality is, you know, God speaks to everybody in different ways. He nudges people in different ways. How he nudges me is not how he nudges my husband. Right. <laughs> I've had a good terms with that. 20 years, I learned that one thing. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just think it's so beautiful. If, if anybody could take anything away from this, if, if it's not coming to mind right away, like, how can I love my neighbors? I just sit down and say, what do you love to do? What's something you love to do? And then could you invite one of your neighbors to do it with you? And your love for that thing and your care for them, it's just going to come out. And then God's going to lob you a softball or, you know, you're going to get to have an intentional conversation about Jesus or what God's teaching you right now. It'll come out. It'll come out. You can trust the Lord with that. I think that's a great place to 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 kind of wrap things up too with a practical application there you know whatever you love to do find a way to invite your neighbors to do it with you yeah. and also in return whatever they love to do find try to find a way to participate in that with them uh, and being intentional about that 
Uh, Katie, thanks for hanging out with us. Is is there any way, like, I know uh, you've got a website um, people can check out uh, or a way to get in touch with you um, that uh, if somebody wants to, to talk to you or ask any questions or find out what you do, uh, how can they do that? Yeah, thank you. Um, I would love to talk to, to anybody who's listening or has a question or is struggling or whatever. That's my favorite thing to do is to get to know you. I actually... I actually do listen despite how much I love to talk and uh, you can find me at Facebook Katie Speaking that's it Katie Speaking there's a million Katie Smiths but only one Katie Speaking so I hope you'll find me there it'll be a treat and I'm praying for you Hope Talk a PCM podcast